difference between understanding and reasoning. Amen. Understanding versus reasoning. Um, there is a difference, and I think we we uh, if you think about some of the situations that you get into where you need knowledge, sometimes you feel like it's an emergency. You know, you you need an answer for something, and and uh, you know you need it quick. And nobody ever needs an answer like next week when it comes. <laughs> so we we all have this thirst, lust for knowledge, and and all that, and and. Some of it is a command from God that we we are supposed to do it. In Proverbs 4, 7, for, for instance, it says wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. So you must have wisdom first. But he said, but in all you're getting, get understanding. So wisdom without understanding is not as beneficial to us if we get understanding. The word understanding has a variety of meanings. It it really means intelligence. One one of the key concepts as far as understanding is, is intelligence. So understanding is a mental uh, property. You know, it helps your mind put things together and and it makes sense to you, that kind of thing. You can say that. But there's a different level of intelligence that comes with understanding because I believe understanding in its purest form must come from God. Uh, Understanding is more of an eternal uh, concept or eternal uh, uh, property and it is something that is ageless, timeless, and it can come to anybody. Darkness really is a lack of understanding or ignorance. So darkness that you know we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Sin, sin is darkness. It darkens your soul, keeps your soul from coming up with the right answers. You blunder around in darkness. You can stumble around for many, many years, trying to have a good life, and then one day you wake up and find God and understand that you've been pursuing the wrong thing, the wrong way, with the wrong people. It's all been wrong <laughs> because you lived in darkness. So darkness really is a lack of knowledge or ignorance. Lack of light. Uh, What's this? Mike Murdoch said that his quest is to stamp out ignorance. He talks about his upbringing, you know, in the in the home with people. (laughs) He said that preachers thought they were good preachers if they could preach real fast. And he would say, you know, like stuff like that, you know, mocks and makes fun of that. But, you know, if if that caused him to search for for a better way, then praise God if he's found it through the Lord. So it, it put him on a quest for wisdom because he saw the dangers of darkness and ignorance. That's why Jesus gives us light and life because there's a darkness. I mean there's danger in darkness. There's uh, uh you know when you have a lack of knowledge, it's very hard for you to live a, a happy, successful, prosperous, dignified life, a life that's uh, peaceful, full of good fruit. It it's hard to do that in darkness. Psalms 119:130 says the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple so we see here there's a difference between the book learning and God's learning 
nothing wrong with learning from the book. You know, it complements your life in a certain way. But if you just had to choose one or the other, I would choose relationship with God and enlightenment through him and wisdom and knowledge and understanding through God. Another definition for understanding means argument. Hmm? When you put forth an argument, you take it from uh, its uh, um, assumption to a conclusion. It means you come to a con- If anybody's had that course called logic, that is very illogical. You know, you, you hate it when you see that on your curriculum in, in college. You put it off to the last semester. You don't take that first unless you just want to be torture yourself for a whole but in logic you're taught how to develop arguments and uh, there's about I don't know how many maybe 30 a list they give you a list of argumenta is what they're called in Latin argumentum ad hominem and all that kind of stuff you make arguments in reference to man arguments in reference to life arguments in reference to that's where a lot of your mathematical equations come is from the field of logic and so in the in the natural world and in 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 the real world a lot of our arguments have to add up they have to make sense and so the carnal mind has even developed a way to give a mathematical value to certain phrases that you would say and they must add up on both sides for the argument to balance it's helpful to people who study law certain types of arguments are acceptable in the legal realm and certain of them are not acceptable and so you have to understand that in God's world too certain types of arguments are acceptable God's arguments and his conclusions are acceptable the ones that don't line up with his are not acceptable so when you get understanding you have an argument that's acceptable before God I have come to this conclusion based on this scripture this scripture this scripture this scripture I am healed I'm not waiting to be healed I'm not wishing I could be healed based on the the data that I have I I've fought this argument and come to the conclusion that I am healed and that's how you settle things in God that's understanding God's way Uh, another word for understanding of course is wisdom it also means skillfulness a person with understanding is skillful at solving problems especially spiritual problems the word understanding means discretion that means that the person is able to uh, follow a thought pattern without veering off too far and getting everything muddled up and confused. He's discreet. A discreet person sticks to the subject. Yeah, discreet means it's it's in a package. It's it's uh, contained. The word uh, understanding means to distinguish. An understanding person can discern, say for instance, good from evil, right from wrong, legal from illegal, good from bad, all those things. They, they can distinguish things. Understanding also means to teach, to think, or to cause. So when God has understanding, because he has understanding, he can cause certain things to happen. He's the cause of all good in life. It also means to be circumspect. 
that's another word for discerning. A person that word circumspect means really literally to look around you. So a circumspect person does things with wisdom, discretion. He's not a blabbermouth in other words. Which differentiates a, a person with God's understanding from a person with worldly knowledge. People with worldly knowledge like to hear themselves talk. You know sometimes they're just blabbermouths. You know knowledge for the sake of knowledge or whatever. If you know so much why don't you go on Jeopardy and make you some money from all that. (laughs) Also means to be skillful. And it means to have uh, have a heart that's uh, drawing from the heart which is the center of things. So a person of understanding goes deep to get what they come up with. And that depth is God. We all know that. So Proverbs 4, 7 says, In all you're getting, get understanding. Don't just sit up and rattle off a bunch of facts. Talking to be heard. Like the Pharisees, they thought they would be heard for their much speaking. You know, if they talked to God long enough, they figured he would listen. And you, you hear this big snore coming from heaven. <laughs> Went to sleep hours ago. You're still talking. (laughs) Life is a process of learning. Some enjoy it more than others. God can make the quest for understanding enjoyable for us. You know, I I enjoy hearing good sermons. I enjoy hearing people um, that have something to say. I enjoy reading their books and so forth and listening to their tapes. And so um, the process of learning and getting understanding can be very, very enjoyable uh, if you learn how to enjoy it. Proverbs 15.32 gives us a little admonition, admonition here. And it says, let me see, 15.32. I thought I had it. Yeah I did. It says he that refuses instruction despises his own soul. But he that hears reproof gets understanding. The word reproof really means correction. Or or chastisement. It's you know, don't think like that. No, don't don't add that into your situation. And so it, this takes humility. You know, it, it's this is where you fall out with people in the church, where they're off on a wrong road, and they in their pride they don't want to come off that road, and they don't want to admit that their thinking is skewed. And so if you give them reproof or correction or you know, common thing that that you'll hear people say, and I I believed it when I was a younger Christian and didn't have understanding. Oh, the devil's after me because I, I God gave me this message, and this is such a uh, you know a powerful message. And well, if you have authority over him, why are you letting him stop you? To see, and people don't like to hear that. They rather believe that it's like this. Is the devil really going to be your cheerleader? Is that what you want out of your life? You understand? Well, he's the one that's going to confirm you and spur you on. And let me give you sick right here and slap you with sickness and put you down for a couple of months. So, you know, to prove to you how wonderful you are. And so when you think about it and you let God 
correct you and and get you to understand no that's not why he's after he's after everybody he's after you and everybody else because he's hateful you're not special because the devil's after you if he really is after you you see sometimes it's your own words that are defeating you it's your own way of thinking that's got you bound up and got you sick and got you all those other things and so we have to be able to be corrected I remember when I used to think and I call it superstition and that's really what it is you're looking for a cause and effect out there in the natural realm and so in order to sound spiritual you put a tag on the devil and say well the devil's doing this to me uh, because I've written this book on uh, on uh, you know uh, witchcraft and oh boy the witches are after me well you know if you're going to live like that why are you saved are you going to let you going to let that stop you if God's giving you something to do why is God sitting back with his hands tied and letting the devil put sickness and stuff on you because you're working for him and so when you you kind of get understanding and you kind of get some some knowledge and some discernment there you see that a lot of uh, the things that sometimes we just accept as as Christian you know I guess you can call it Christian uh, um, what you call it knowledge what do they call that no uh, uh, no 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 well, you know in the world conventional Christian conventional wisdom so to speak uh, you know there is no such thing but you know it's something that flows through the body of Christ some kind of concept or buzzword or phrase or something like that and it goes through and everybody accepts it except for the people who have understanding and so if you will receive reproof or correction and allow certain things to be adjusted in your thinking, in your, your words and so forth and so on, then you will increase your understanding. You'll be a person of great uh, understanding. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. So gaining knowledge and, and having a quest and a lust and a thirst for knowledge in and of itself is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But we all have it. We all want to get rid of the the ignorant uh, label or the the label of of being unlearned. Um, Ignorance really carries with it a shame. And so when we uh, have that, then we are not being able to learn properly. Carries with it a shame. Uh, Many times we learn in atmospheres that are not really... Uh, conducive to learning you know some of the classroom atmospheres that we have the last thing you can do there is learn you know you got kids coming in there disrupting things you got nonsense you got teachers that aren't prepared sometimes and don't prepare very well and so these atmospheres are not conducive to learning so it's no no surprise when kids come through and haven't learned very much see that's that's just this just that way uh, schools can be uh, places where young people are taught competition and if you are not on the top you'll feel totally left out and totally uh, abandoned by the the you know the powers that be and and you know kids will make fun of you if you don't come up with the right answer or you know you get a question wrong or something like that uh, that's not a good atmosphere for learning 
It's just really not. I think you can learn better with all, without the competitiveness. Uh, you, there's a way for everybody to learn. Uh, there's nobody who cannot learn. And so uh, the real challenge for education should be to find ways to teach people and get them to, to understand these concepts. Not to just pass them through or keep them warehouse for eight hours a day. But to really get learning inside of people. And so there are ways that, that education and learning develop. But you'll have to fight that shame that comes with ignorance. That comes with not understanding and not knowing. Knowledge does lead to pride. And, and so when you get rid of your shame you get pride on top of it. And that's just as bad because uh, there's nothing worse than somebody who likes to hear their own words all the time and don't care if the audience is is engaged or not. They just like to talk all the time. And so you can see how that, that, that really can get to be a problem. There are people who uh, understand things in the world. It's not that all worldly knowledge is, is nonsense. There are people that lend themselves to studying things. But everybody will have to learn to be corrected. If scientists didn't accept correction, they would never be able to make progress so that they have uh, inventions that work. They don't have medicine that helps anybody. And so even in, in the world, you know, apart from God's kingdom uh, that those principles do apply so the people who are willing to be corrected and willing to be make adjustments in their learning and their knowledge will usually come up with wisdom and will come up with understanding and it is a good thing when we have understanding uh, when you see people who are, are wind up being experts in their field it's because they've studied and they've allowed themselves to make a adjustments and be corrected in their knowledge in their quest for knowledge so that they can can come out with something that's valuable um, uh, Ben Carson the the uh, neurosurgeon he's retired now and people are trying to get him to run for president um, began that way he grew up in Detroit early and you know it was uh, he said he was got in a fight with a kid and stabbed him and you know he realized how how much of a threat he could be and he made up his mind that he was going to help humanity uh, in his life and that led him on a quest for, for knowledge and understanding and found that he had the ability to study and study science and, and was able to do that but he was made fun of many times in school because uh, I think he had a vision problem his mom couldn't afford glasses for him and so you can see how sometimes your quest for understanding can be blocked because of shame that pops up in there that will keep you shrinking back and saying well I can't learn or I can't do this or I can't do that it's a real problem for some people you know and people will go through great lengths to hide their lack of knowledge from others you know their inability to to learn and learn concepts or or they'll learn a little bit and criticize themselves out of trying to to go and learn more so this business about getting understanding is is very very important to the success of the human being Uh, if we don't learn how to read most of what life offers will be the door will be shut to us if we don't learn how to master 
verbal skills and, and reading skills. So it's very, very important to get understanding. You, you get understanding through reasoning uh, things through in the Lord and you get understanding through seeking knowledge and getting correction. Proverbs 3, five tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and don't lean to your own understanding. So there is a human or carnal understanding and our own understanding really comes from what we see in this temporal world. Your own personal understanding comes from your experience in this temporal world. All hearts do search for understanding. We all have a quest for knowledge and for understanding. Your mind searches for understanding. The carnal man wants answers fast. He wants, he has a lust. Because your carnal man is lust driven, everything he wants, he wants fast. And he wants it usually for the wrong reasons. Sometimes people want a, a degree so they can show somebody. You know, they get stuck in their minds a situation in school where they weren't prepared and got the wrong answer, and kids laughed at them. And uh, you know, you make a vow. You know, you have to be careful making vows when you're under pressure. Uh, I'll get a degree one day, and I'll just show them. You know, that kind of stuff. And you spend all that money trying to show somebody something. Take up all your life on a quest to prove something to somebody. So a carnal man, because he wants answers fast, uh, he will take any answer. Anything that sounds (laughs) close to the right answer or sounds like it will give you a temporary uh, relief from your anxiety because you have a problem. You know, understanding comes to solve problems. That's the purpose of understanding. But there are some other things that come into play there. There can be a lust for knowledge that comes in, a lust for attention that comes with. Everybody thinks that that uh, knowledgeable people are well respected and looked up to. It's a, a game the devil plays with people. You know, oh, if I just had a degree or if I just had an education, if I, I'd be I'd be there. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's a game that the enemy plays with people. uh, Because, you know, if you have an education, it's for one reason and one reason only. It's to help your life. It's not helping that person's life that, you know, you might get in a conversation and politely they will say, oh, you know, well, that's good. You got a, a your doctor so-and-so, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, but that pat on the back only goes so far. And sometimes it's not even sincere. They're just being polite so that they can move on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? So you can't live your life based on the reputation you think that knowledge will bring you or the respect that you think that knowledge will bring you it, it just won't bring you all of that uh, you still got to go out and hit eight hours like everybody else you still got to make a paycheck you still got to get to heaven you still got to do all those other things uh, that your education and your degree or your whatever title won't get you so uh, the carnal man then wants answers quickly for the wrong reason the spirit man though wants God's answer your spirit man wants God's answer. And the, the spirit man will employ the fruit of the spirit to sustain him until understanding comes. So if you have a problem that comes up in life, your, your carnal man may think it's an emergency. Oh God, I don't think I can make it another. Oh God, yada, 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 yada. And he'll want 
to have that solution quickly because he's probably worked himself up into an emotional state based on his value of knowledge and his value of answers see it's not that there's anything wrong that won't wait it's how he programs and processes bad bad news when it comes to it see when we get bad news whatever it is if you take it inside and and put it at the altar before God and learn how to let God handle these things then the peace of God will come upon you and the problem's over as far as your emotions are concerned as far as your mind's concerned once you get peace the only thing that happened you were peaceful before that news came and then that news came and it disturbed your peace that's all that's wrong with us and I think if we can get an understanding of that that we that news came and you put it through the carnal mind filter instead of letting it go to your spirit where it can be dealt with and so when you put it through the carnal mind filter you begin to churn it up and churn it up and churn it up and work it up and work it up and work it up and process it through the wrong processor but if you put it in the the mind of the spirit then the spirit will take over with spiritual fruit that will sustain you and put you back in a place of peace until the answer comes the answer doesn't have to come right away and we're not walking around with all the knowledge of God totally at our disposal all the time it has to be dispensed to us as we need it we have the mind of Christ but it's not active and operating in us at all times you know we go off the radar sometimes looking for stuff you know you know you need to stay in the word and and keep believing that God's going to prosper you and help you and all that kind of stuff but then you go off on another little tangent inspecting other things you know snooping around somewhere where you got no business snooping around and then you get the reward of of snooping (laughs) of snoop dog (laughs) you know so you you have to understand that when you maintain your position in the spirit all is well you're at peace you have confidence in god and and understanding will come to you if if there's further things that need to be done for that understanding for how to do it will come to you uh, because the carnal man lusts for knowledge he's motivated differently than your spirit man is your motive makes all the difference in the world as to when God will help you how he will help you and what degree of help you will get well, this carnal man is led differently and he knows that when we don't <coughs> understand uh, well, the carnal man is bugged when he doesn't understand something and that nagging desire to know is what bugs him he's got to got to have the answer or it just won't won't work out right for him oftentimes when when things happen uh, that thought that wants to come to you and ask you why this is happening is not coming from your spirit man it's not coming from your spirit man it's usually coming from your flesh because if you really have a problem you want the solution you want out of the problem you don't necessarily want a big intellectual anything that leads you down that intellectual path to data information and all that so you can sound knowledgeable about that's wrong that's not coming from God see um, sometimes people will, will you know say if you get a headache 
Oh, I wonder what this means. I wonder what, you know, we want to investigate everything. Well, at the end of the day, you either believe you're healed or you don't. You're going to have to come right back. If you go down that street of what this is, where did this come from, what did I do wrong, What did I, I ate too much of this, I had too little of that, I didn't do this right. I didn't. You go through all that checklist and at the end of the day, if the headache's still there, you haven't helped yourself any, you still want the pain alleviated, I guess. Some people like symptoms. You know, they'll keep that headache and realize it's a, oh, uh, uh, I thought it was, was yada, yada, yada thing. But it's actually yada, 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 yada thing. You know, and you get a bigger name to tell somebody. And, you know, you can tell them all about it. You Now we can go on Google and find information on anything. So, you know, we can go down the bunny trail for a real long time. Not getting it resolved. God's answer will always resolve the problem. It'll. That's why sometimes we don't get answers because we just want to talk about stuff and go off on a tangent and tell everybody that you know we we got this and we got that and compare notes with people and get attention from people and get sympathy and pity from people. You know, it's amazing what we'll do sometimes. What that lust for knowledge and the carnal man will lead you to do. No, I uh, remember <clears throat> watching. I think it was Jerry Lewis was having some health issues. You know, and you know, rich people can always get something to help themselves. You know, there's there's always that. You know what I'm saying? They just, they just do. And he started taking cortisone, and he had, you know put on a lot of weight. And so the shame that comes with a change in appearance will lead you to do some interesting things. And so uh, he was talking to somebody about it. And he went on and on for about 20 minutes in a discussion about his disease and what he knew about it and all the treatments. And he can do this. And he was just very prideful sitting there and felt real good about himself. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you still got to get healed. Which, which, how are you? But see, that's carnality will do that to you. Uh, I'm, I'm ashamed because I've got this but to cover my shame I'll get intellectual and I'll get knowledgeable and I'll I'll say I'm arming myself with all this knowledge well you're not a doctor you can't do anything with it you know it's not going to help you diagnose yourself better it's not going to help you treat yourself better you still got to go to a specialist give them that money so they can get something so that they can help you and so it's, it's that way you have to watch yourself with problems questions that don't get answered because you'll see people that that say they want God's help but yet they're on the internet investigating all the symptoms all the treatments all the stuff and then they come up with oh I think I'm supposed to take some herbs here or have a special diet here or do this here in order to get no Proverbs 4 tells you to, to feed on the word that's your medicine you know while you're googling and getting all these symptoms you could have taken at least five scriptures and meditated on them and got rid of the symptoms and so this quest this thing about understanding it'll bite you the wrong way if you don't watch yourself because what happens is when reasoning takes over your carnal mind then begins to question and probe and want more knowledge about the the problem instead of getting the solution
So when you start to delve into why the problem is there, what caused it, or you get spiritual and said, what door did I open? How did this get in here? Like, you know, you're so diligent about keeping doors closed all the time, whatever that means. Don't think right, eat right, talk right, do right things, and you're going to question what doors open. They're all open. Uh So you you got stung by the devil. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit up and study it all day or all night, or are you going to, you know, get God's word, get his understanding so reasonings will always lead you to more and more problems more and more problems that's what reasoning will do to you we said that ignorance brings shame your flesh man wants to feel good about his abilities so when we have knowledge and understanding we feel confident you know even if you're confident in trivial things you know things that that don't really uh, you can't make any money off of you can't you know people say well I'm a buff they say I'm a or I'm a uh, I'm a history buff or I'm a uh, uh, a history nut or geek or you know put and it's just a uh, uh, it is just a title to put on your minutia you know what I'm saying this is nothing anybody nobody cares about it nobody thinks about it but you but you just keep going on on and on and on on a tangent to uh, get more understanding of these things so knowledge does puff us up it makes us feel inflated and falsely confident inside but it does quench quench our lust for knowledge temporarily you know when you get a little knowledge and you get feel confident and settled in yourself you said ah, I know something you know and, and then you can you can quit bugging yourself about your ignorance for a minute and quit feeling ashamed of your ignorance until something else comes up that challenges you and you know or you hear somebody say something and well I never heard of that before you know I like it when people say that you know because there's that lust for knowledge like what do you mean you know there's a lot you never heard of there's a lot I've never heard of you know I mean what's that about and so that little thing that pops up there and wants to challenge the world and you know be be uh intelligent and all that kind of stuff it, it'll bug people you know it'll bug you and so uh, sometimes our sense worth and value <clears throat> from others comes with with a value that we place on knowledge and what we know you know we we kind of look to other people uh to validate us based on our knowledge because knowledge does have a certain level of value you know but if it's applied in the right way you can know everything scientific but if you don't have a degree to go operate on somebody or hang out a shingle or something to make some money with it it's not really doing you any good you're just a geek or a buff or whatever you want to call yourself or a nut you know with with that and so so we have to be careful not to feed that side of ourself you know not to feed that lust for knowledge thing and not to uh, spend time over there because if your knowledge has no purpose to it other than inflating your mind and inflating your ego it's not valuable to God so you want to keep yourself in a realm of, of value to God God's knowledge always comes with a purpose 
There is a purpose to God giving us understanding. There's a purpose there. If it's not purposeful, it will usually wind up on the flesh side of your 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 uh, self, and it won't be of value to you or or much to anybody else. I can remember when I was I was uh, a new Christian, and I was thinking. I said, "Well, God, you know what? I think I can use." so-and-so that I learned or I could use this that I learned in school you know it's the wrong reasoning same reasoning everybody uh, has when they talk about um, transitioning from your carnal life to your spiritual life because I can tell you everybody who's been a drug addict somebody will come up to them and say oh now that you're saved you can go minister to other drug addicts and sometimes that's the worst thing you can do to a former drug addict is throw them in there but we feel we still value carnal knowledge we still value natural knowledge way too highly because I know for a fact that with the Holy Spirit you can minister to anybody you don't need to know anything about their background or have lived that kind of life I watched uh, I was watching uh, 19 kids and counting and Michelle Duggar was she had taken her family back to the hospital where the the uh, little girl the smallest little girl Josie when she was born she was born prematurely and there was a woman that came up to her a very young girl came up to her in the hospital and they kind of took the sound away for a minute because the girl was in tears and this was a young unmarried girl that had had a premature baby at the same time that she did and she lost her baby and she said I just wanted to come up and hug you and she was just in tears and and that woman ministered to that girl so I mean just boom it was just God out of her spirit and and loved on her and and blessed her and prayed with her and you know it it just it's amazing and they are like from two different worlds you know two totally different worlds but in the Holy Spirit they're both human beings that can get in touch with God and have a need for God so you don't need to have a certain background to minister to certain people nor should you ever be limited by your background from ministering to certain people because with God you can get that knowledge and that understanding and you can zoom right in there with the gifts of the Holy Ghost and let the, let God fill your mouth with words so you can minister to anybody <clears throat> So the difference now we're going to talk about reasoning in Luke nine forty six. You see the the um, uh, Pharisees, and they're always a good example. You know, you want to find a bad example in the Bible, you can always go to them. Luke nine and verse forty six. I wanted another one. This is the disciples, but you can. It's again the same thing. Verse forty-three. They were all amazed at the mighty power of God, but while they wondered, every one at all things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, "Let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men." But they understood not a saying, and it was hid from them that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him. Here's that shame again fear of asking is always shame 
even in a learning situation now these disciples had been with him for a long time every day sitting at his feet learning but there were certain places they get to where they just got sick of being stupid I get sick of having to ask him every time he says something what that means well you better ask (laughs) because he's not going to be with you always see this is the thing you got to learn about opportunities for correction and opportunities for learning and understanding they don't come every day and don't take them for granted you know what I'm saying you can't pass up an opportunity to learn something and get a question answered verse 46 then there arose a reasoning among them which which one should be greater so here's the carnal man now taking over here's a teaching situation they don't want to get straightened out so the mind shifts over to well we don't we don't want to ask any more questions which one of us is first in class now which one of us is the valedictorian the head of the class right now so they want to have status they want to have power but they don't want to pay the price for the real stuff so reasoning will always lead you away from where the the true riches of God are amen and Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart took a child and set him before them so here you see God trying to pull them back over into spiritual understanding when he finds them reasoning in a carnal way so in a teaching situation say for instance we're in this atmosphere where the words being preached in our minds in each individual's mind and heart there are certain questions that pop up as the sermons being delivered well the Holy Spirit can read those and he will begin to answer your questions and give you understanding if you humble yourself and sit there and stay open to hear what the word has to say and so God has a way of correcting this and bringing us spiritual understanding but we have to stop the reasoning that we get into man reasoning uh, is for somebody who's really not open to correction hmm? they're not open to correction and it starts with a premise it starts with something that you believe to be true and your reasoning seeks to further validate that it is true so you begin to look for evidence to support your decision that you've already made you know I'll talk to people and they'll say well uh, uh, my husband and I are getting a divorce and we've already decided well they don't want well see because you know we 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 never should have been together from the beginning uh, we don't have anything in common we don't have any you can and you can give them all the words you want to but their reasonings want to come in and support the premise that it's okay in my case i've read the word already i know what the word says but it's not true in my case i'm a different i'm different you know i'm an exception i'd rather be the rule than the exception any day because you don't know where your exceptionality might land you it might land you on the outside of obedience with God you want to be obedient to God so reasoning always starts with a premise the premise for the the uh, 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 disciples here and their reasoning was that somebody's the greatest around here <laughs> you know it's got to be me 
<laughs> and so the more they tried to understand it, the more they they reasoned in their hearts, and the more evidence they had. They even got some of them got their mama involved in it. You know, tell your mama to come up here and tell Jesus to put you. Got to be the greatest one. And so these situations of group learning got me. Where Jesus rebukes them. Where's your faith? Where's your, you know, are you still believing that? Uh, come on here and I'm going to help you feed these people. I'm going to teach you how to fish, be fishers of men, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they, these group situations, they always have a competitive side to them. But Jesus seeks to remedy that and keep them in the spirit. See, they're, they're always reasoning in a carnal fashion. But he comes and corrects them and brings them right back to the spirit again to give them true understanding. So when we are reasoning we're not open to correction. Oftentimes people who reason a lot need a committee consensus to hold on to what they're thinking. Because in reasoning there's a suspicion that you have. If you're reasoning yourself there's a suspicion you have that your argument's weak. So you'll start looking for support for it. Huh? We always would say uh, you know the devil oh yeah that's the devil because he has to have a gang to help him because his stuff is so weak. And so you'll find that sometimes with with reasoning. People try to go around and get support for their argument. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, they shouldn't have done that to me, and they were wrong. Isn't that right? Well, you can ask so and so. They, I, I heard them say that. You can ask. You know, the more you try to look for support for your argument, the weaker it is. Mm-hmm. The weaker it is. You need real evidence. If you don't have real evidence, you need to drop it because it's not holding up. It's not. It's not credible. It's not there's no substance to it. And so reasoning will always need a committee to make the decision and and come to an agreement to have some kind of peace. It'll settle in for a season and then you gotta go raise the argument again. It'll raise itself up again. You know. You you have people who have have, you know, suffered some kind of you know offense by somebody you know innocently or not innocently I don't know but they somehow can't let it go and you'll see it keep popping up and 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 then they'll talk about it and they'll say well you know so and so thinks the same way or you know they did it to them too and na 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 and it never goes away because reasoning will never lead to peace. It'll be a temporary. You get you blow off some steam. You get it out of your system for a minute, and then. But if it's not forgiven, it'll raise right back up again. Raise up again. You sometimes you got to work with things like that. And tell God, you know what, God, I need help with this. This isn't this isn't working. I need to put this away, and I need to leave it put away. I don't need to let it raise up every time I feel bad about something or feel bad about this person. I got to put all of this argument in my mind down and not in you know not entertain it anymore. And so when we when we have these weak arguments, we need to come up with more and more reasonings to validate why we hold on to this idea. The world has its way of validating 
ideas. We call it political correctness. You might call it situational morality. We started with that. You know, morality isn't isn't uh, just morality. It depends on your situation. And so this grows out of consensus thinking. It's all the devil, the the prince of this world, sets forth an idea and gets a bunch of people to adhere to it or a bunch of people to understand it. Conventional wisdom is another term that's been used. Something that's generally accepted as true by the general public or experts, so-called experts of an idea. And it's done to preserve a status quo. A certain status quo in society is preserved because of conventional wisdom. These ideas are a result of man's reasoning. Reasoning is always dependent upon this present world mixed in with a little historical knowledge. This reasoning has no access to eternal truth. In fact, it blocks out eternal truth. You come up to somebody with their conventional wisdom and you tell them what the word says and they don't want to hear it. Conventional wisdom will often use what they call science to validate its ideas and precepts. Make it sound more intellectual. These conscience, <coughs> they use conclusions usually prove false or don't hold up from one generation to the next. So these things are really just mental toys the devil gives people in the world to play around with. And then they kind of lose their steam over a period of time. And the next generation has to come up with its conventional wisdom. Modification of it. One of the the, um, uh, concepts is global warming. It's not uh, supported by science. But it's felt to be true by many people anyway. Because some people feel it makes sense. And so that gives them purpose, takes away their shame for lack of knowledge. It gives them something to be socially active about. People like social activism all of a sudden. You know, you can't just make a ton of money and go home and be happy. Now you've got to be a social activist. You have to get involved in something. Take that shame away from you. Gay rights, women's rights. Anti-discrimination is a good concept, but the way it's applied comes through reasonings. So now you've got to to have uh, uh, certain things happen whenever you are discriminated or fighting discrimination, and it forces you to discriminate against somebody else. It's wrong. So it's not understanding, and there's no wisdom there. For instance, in women's rights, they want abortion on demand and government to pay for it. And how is that right? If you're a taxpayer and you don't believe in abortion, you've got to pay for it anyway. So you're forcing your, 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 your freedom is impinging upon the freedom of somebody else. And that's never God. The same thing with gay rights. They want to force clergy to marry gay couples. Or else there's a penalty for you. And so that's infringing upon the conscience of another person. If they feel it's wrong they shouldn't have to do it. And so these reasonings reasonings will lead to these kinds of things. So in 2 Corinthians 10.5 we are commanded to discard arguments 
reasonings, imaginations, carnal imaginations, ideas that keep these vain imaginations strong and, and vibrant in us, we are to put those things down. So when you you feel a symptom in your body, if you start to reason what's this about, you have to say, nope, I'm healed. I put that down. That's not about anything. There's nothing wrong with me. I am healed. But suppose there is no supposition. That's another reasoning again. So we're not supposing anything. We are standing on God's word that he is paid for my healing and I am healed and I know if I continue to feed myself these thoughts from the word of God and get understanding of how to continue to stand then I'll be symptom free if I'm not symptom free I'm still healed so you got to get that see if we don't get that we won't make it over really difficult times you're still healed if you have symptoms or not and so we have to make sure that we understand we are dealing with uh, knowledge that is of a much higher realm than what's in this temporal world what's in this physical realm so we are to put under our feet all reasonings in other words they are not to come to mind if something's under your feet it's not in your head Yes, it's not in your heart either. And so you have to put those things in their proper place and that is under your feet. All reasonings, all arguments. You know the word of God settles all arguments. There's no more arguing after the word comes in. There's no I'm healed but. There's no I'm prosperous but. There's no God's redeemed me but. There's just the word. And so when we do that we can keep ourselves in a place where we have good understanding. We have God's understanding. We have peace on our inner man. We have health and we have strength. We have all of the things that God has and we can have it undisturbed. We don't have to let carnal thoughts and reasonings and pride and all that stuff start to well up and cause us to to get off track you know you can get in pride over anything you you can watch somebody that you enjoy their preaching and pretty soon your mind will drift off well I think I could preach like that you know I think I could have 10,000 people in an auditorium like that people do it all the time you know the devil would get in there and start to feed your mind all kinds of crazy concepts because that not lust for knowledge will always be there we have to learn how not to feed it it's going to always bug us to be greater more important more knowledgeable more something than we are and so we have to to watch ourselves that we don't feed that in into our own peril and to our own hurt because if you seek after something on the carnal side you're sacrificing some spiritual help that God could give you something of of greater importance and greater depth so but your spirit man when he seeks understanding he is really seeking peace with God see your spirit man is not after knowledge answers he's after peace because he wants above all things to know that his relationship with God is strong it's settled it's solid he's more into communion and fellowship with God than he is uh, 
having you know getting rid of not having to take pills anymore or, or getting off your your medication or you know not having this problem or you know having a, a job that you can feel good about instead of the one that you just dislike so much all that kind of stuff he's not into that he's more into peace with God and, and but you know over and over again the enemy will start to Pick at us. Well, you should. You should have this. You should have. You should be there. That should be you. You should be having this. You should be. It's all the you shoulds, huh? And if it's something that's owed to you, God will certainly give it to you. You just got to stay in faith for it. But it gets if it gets in your flesh, and your carnal man starts to crave it, it's always going to mess you up. It's going to turn out wrong. And so your spirit man really wants to take that concern out of the carnal man's mind and put it over onto the Lord where God can care for it and he he knows the answers on the way once he knows God has it you know as long as it's rolling around in your head and your flesh is all upset and, and nervous about it and all that kind of stuff God doesn't have it and you won't have peace but the minute you cast that care upon God and you know he cares for you and you can keep yourself peaceful and say no you know what I, I gave this to the Lord and I know God's going to send my answer I know he's going to help me I know he's going to settle this for me and come for me when you do that then you know that you have peace and that's really all your spirit man wants he lives off of that God will always give an answer of peace. In Genesis 41, he even gave an answer of peace to a sinner. (laughs) Somebody who went to one of God's children for an answer. Genesis 41. This is uh, Pharaoh asking Joseph for an interpretation of his dream. said, we dreamed a dream and and, uh, I don't have the interpretation of it. Pharaoh sent joseph down to the dungeon and they called joseph up and brought him up and you know presented him to pharaoh verse 15 pharaoh said to joseph i've dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it this bugged him not having an answer bothered him he did it twice in a row and it still bothered him disturbed his sleep he says i've heard it said of you that you can understand the dream to interpret it Joseph said to Pharaoh it's not me it's God that's what you want you want not you but you want God when it's you it comes through your carnal mind through reasoning you can tell it's you sometimes because you'll come up with three different solutions to the same problem within a 10 minute period you get one and you'll feel okay for a minute and then it pop up again come up with another one you pop up again keeps popping up popping up popping up that's because you're trying to get the answer in you when you put it before God he says God will give you an answer of what peace God's answer always gives you peace I don't care if it's not what you're expecting you can still it'll settle in and you can accept it you'll say okay I thought it was this but it's gonna be that it happens like that a lot we expect something we have no right to expect it we have no no uh, spiritual you know uh, leg to stand on so to speak there's no concept from the word that valid with some we want we just want it supposed to happen and so we we find out that that's not for us sometimes you're relieved you're so peaceful it's oh 
gosh, that's good. I, I don't have to go through all the trouble. You know what I'm saying? I can go back to what I was doing and not feel bad about it. And so we, we really do have to take this stuff inward and get God's answer. Let God prevail in these things. If we're going to keep ourselves out of the realm of reasoning and the carnal man taking over and get ourselves strong in the spirit where God can help us. So Pharaoh got an answer of peace. God settled it when he when the, I'm sure he was relieved when he knew that Joseph could give him an answer. Probably load lifted right there then and right there. And so <clears throat> His answer will always give us peace and we recognize peace as a fruit of the spirit. So that's really what's missing when problems or bad news comes to us. We don't have to have the solution right there. But when we can lift that, give that burden over to the Lord, you have the same peace you would have if he gave you what you think you need right then or right there. Just his word on it and his promise that he will do it for you will give you the same peace as if you had it. And that's the wonderful thing about being a child of God. We can live, that's how we can live a carefree life. So you can live like you have something already when you don't even have it because you've got God's word on it and it's real. This isn't some kind of false, you know, I'm happy. This is real peace, real Bible peace that will stay with you if you don't lean to your own understanding. So he gives us, his answering gives us peace. So we can rest in that and that he will give us his best at all times. His best is always fruit of the spirit. You know, you might need think you need $10,000 and you don't have it yet. You can be just as peaceful with God's word that he'll give it to you as you can when it comes in. In fact, you can be more peaceful. (laughs) You know, being peaceful before you get it will be the assurance that you will. See, that'll be your assurance that you'll have it. And when you have peace about it. The Bible says that that if we have needs to make our requests known to God and the peace of God. Will guard your heart and mind. So the peace sits there as a, a watchman over your heart and over your mind. And he fends off fear and he fends off worry for you. As long as you've given that to God, then the fruit of peace settles in and that guards you. You don't have to guard it yourself anymore. You don't have to keep a watch over your own mind and your thoughts and your heart and keep refuting them. You just give it to God and then that that peace will settle in and that's his bond. That's his confirmation. I heard you. I got it. You got it. It's on the way. Go to sleep. And don't bug me about that anymore. And so when you start doing that, you can, can, if you will make your request known to God and let peace settle in. But you can't be anxious for anything. You can't want it too fast. You, you don't trust God when you want things too fast. You might as well just not say anything to him if you want to keep things on your timetable. 
Fred Price was a good one about teaching people that about faith. And I, I really enjoy his faith teaching, to be honest with you, because it's balanced and it's tried. You know, he got good testimony of all of the things that he talks about um, for the way that he, he's worked with God. And he says that this one thing you must do, he says that when you, once you make your request known to God, time can never come up as an issue in that transaction. That's that's not trust. So if you're not willing to trust God, see the minute we say that, people think, oh boy, it's going to take too long. See, when you think like that, you don't trust God. What kind of God would promise you something and deliver late all the time? Hmm? That kind of God wouldn't be for you. He'd be against you. And our God is not. And so we have to, to accept that. That that's, that's all we need. His peace is all we need. That's his down payment to that promise. That's our confirmation that he's going to bring it to us. How much time we have, Miss Juana? A couple minutes? Okay. <clears throat> In Proverbs 28.5. Let me turn there. There's never any lack of knowledge when you seek God. You've got to trust that what he gives you is enough. Let that lust for more just go somewhere and quit bugging you. Because you'll think, oh, that's all? <laughs> Proverbs 28.5 Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. God will give you understanding of everything. He'll never withhold any knowledge or understanding from you. It might take a while. Because understanding and knowledge are built upon precepts. Precepts are are different realms of truth. um, Commandments. um, That kind of thing. That that they're like building blocks for truth. So God heard you when you asked for it. You may not be able to hear it now. You may not be able to bear it right now. It may not be as clear to you right now is it will be a little bit further down the line and so we have to to accept that and we have to understand that that God does give us what we need he will definitely give it to us but we know everything you know how we know it? we have access to the one who does you have unlimited access to the one who does so you don't have to try and crowd your mind with all kinds of facts and memorize all this stuff to know it you just draw from it just draw from it draw from the Lord so if you seek the Lord you will know all things and your spirit man is at rest this is enough for your spirit man he's at rest with that so it's easier to draw from God's vast reservoir than for us to try to keep everything in our own minds so our spirit your spirit trusts God and God will bring it to you yeah, trust that he'll, he's not on time. He's not playing with you. See, our concept of God has to be according to the way he really is. You can't have anything goofy in your thinking about God if you're going to trust him. God incorporates purpose into his understanding. When you want to know something for a real reason, he'll give you all you need. You can desire understanding, but why? God's knowledge is always purposeful. Teachers appointed by God have a quest for knowledge. Not a lust, but a quest. 
When you have a quest for knowledge, you seek knowledge. Why? Teachers tend to have a greater capacity for understanding. That's a gift that's given to help humanity. So it's there to help people to understand. So the, the, it's, it's, that's your purpose. Your purpose is in line with your gift. And your, your gift is there to help humanity. And God will feed it. He'll definitely feed it. You can tell when people have teaching gifts but they, it's coming from a carnal side. They'll get long explanations, long words, long, long, long. And it's seldom applied, you know, it's seldom applied to, to what's going on. And they do it because they're encouraged to do it by the audiences that they get in front of. So, you know, they just, one thing feeds the other thing. Psalm 119.104 says, to, Through your precepts I get understanding. Through your precepts, a precept really isn't a, a a type of instruction. It's a uh, uh, an instruction that completes a little realm of knowledge, you know, a pocket of knowledge. Uh, precept can also be a commandment. Commandment tells you to do something, and a certain thing will result. Uh, you know, so it's it's a nugget of truth, and they're building blocks for understanding in God. <clears throat> Precept is also an authoritative rule of action. Hmm? If you lack wisdom, ask God; He gives liberally and won't upbraid you. That's a precept for getting wisdom. Hmm? Meditating on the word brings understanding. We mull it over. We churn it in our minds and poop, out pops understanding of it. You know, you get, oh, okay, that's what that's about. That's what that's about. Hmm? The faith-filled believer knows that understanding will come. We have a definite confidence that understanding will come. Hmm? And we have peace about it. We learn very soon that it spend it pays to spend time in the Word. Spend it pays to spend time meditating on the Word because it always pays off. Mm-hmm. Proverbs three thirteen said, "Happy is he who gets understanding." So your joy level increases when you understand. Now, ignorance always makes you depressed and lack of and not not understanding and not. You know, getting getting to the the degree of things. You know, in Proverbs fifteen thirty two, he who will hear reproof, humble, let yourself be corrected. Don't try to over talk or give reasoning when when somebody tries to correct you. Don't bring forth an excuse or a reason or you know, excuses really are permission for things to never change. An excuse really means that that will not change. You know, if if you if you really want to be healed, and you'll say stuff like, "Well, you know, uh, my my blood pressure's up, but that's because you know, okay, or you got your reason, so you're stuck with it. You know, your blood pressure's up, getting a word. You know, my blood pressure's up, uh, and I'm gonna stop talking about it. I'm gonna get, you know, that kind of thing, and get your your resolution to it. Uh, you know, or or um, you know, uh, my finances are messed up, and that's because 
You know what I'm saying? You know, just just get them, get it fixed. You know, we don't need a reason. See, what a reason does is it pacifies that anxiety that comes when you know something's wrong and you don't want the answer. You think the answer is going to be too hard. It's going to cause you some pain. You don't want to do it, and so you offer a reason, which gets to be an excuse to let it stay the way it is. It never changes. Changes. Never changes. I was listening to um, the guy, um, Dave, uh, the finance guy, Christian. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. And he tells people if you want your finances straightened out, you're going to have to make some changes and they're not going to be pleasant. And he says, you got to eat beans. What did he say? Beans and rice. Yeah, no steak, no dinners out. You got to eat beans and rice. And so he kind of rewards people when they call in and they tell about the debt that they paid off. And you notice he doesn't talk about any miracle debt cancellation. He tells these people, you made that debt, you pay it off. Be a person of integrity. Keep your word. And so he says, you know, he tells them, well, how'd you do it? Beans and rice? Yeah, we did beans and rice. They're so happy they did the beans and rice. See, when you're on this side of obedience, it's painful. Once you step over there and you start doing it and you see results, your whole attitude changes. You got me? So on this side of the beans and rice, you don't want to do it. On the other side, you do. That's understanding. You get understanding. If I do this, I will get rid of this debt. Sometimes people live with it so long, they think they can't get rid of it. You see? But there is a way to get rid of it. You may, it might sound tough because it's going to be a change, but it will be a good change. You can adjust to anything. People can adjust to anything. That concept in your mind that tells you, I can't do without. i got to have this. I gotta, oh, I won't be happy if I can't do this every day. You'll be here. And you'll be have money in your pocket too. You know. <laughs> but the beans and rice works for people. They've gotten rid of extraordinary amounts of debt. Some of them, hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand dollars, student loans, and all kinds of stuff, because they quit excusing, quit using excuses, quit using reasonings, and allowing things to remain the same. So the change comes when understandings applied. And we can make that decision and make that turnaround based on God's understanding. So, amen. Why don't we cut? Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to speak here and pray your word. We've gotten your word today. We understand, Father. We want understanding and we want it to help us resolve problems and issues so we can live a a more full life for you. It's a good life, Father. If there's a way to live it, live it successfully. We thank you for pointing us in that direction. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up.